Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients 
so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Okay, this is from Kylie Huntley. Okay. Why is it every bachelorette's rite of passage to run into the man's arms who she's going on a date with? Okay, so... Is this produced? So this is a thing. Okay, what is it? This is called the hooju. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And this is This Week in Bachelor Nation. This is the episode we do every Thursday after the main game where we talk about Bachelor Nation news. We talk about all the Instagram gains of your favorite players from this season. We talk about all the parasocial plays. We talk about how this game is affecting our lives detrimentally now that it has totally consumed (laughs) our lives. And before we get to any of that, we do a thing called State of the World in which we talk about something that's happening out in the big, wider world, and then we relate it back to The Bachelor. This is Game of Roses. State of the World. So, as you guys might have seen, this week, it's a little quiet in terms of political news. Joe Biden's in office. He's signing a bunch of executive orders trying to put things back the way they used to be before Trump. And Trump hasn't said a fucking peep. (laughs) And so we now see that the media has full control over our levels of anxiety and the perceived world that we live in. When they just don't talk about something, it kind of goes away. So we thought we would talk about something in state of the world this week that is not political, if you can believe that. Wowie. (laughs) Wowie is right, because what I want to talk about is actually far more important than politics. It is about technology. It is about something called quantum computing. Are you familiar with quantum computing, Pace Case? Not at all. Oh. Clues said they wanted to talk about this in State of the World, and I said, not aliens? I'm on board. (laughs) Well, aliens definitely use quantum computing. So, anyway, uh, (laughs) no, who knows what they use? Oh, God. I knew it was a trip. It's not a trick. I'm not talking about aliens. Quantum computing is essentially the next level of human computational power. Current computers operate on hard drives, which is a spinning disk that is coated in a magnetic film and a little playhead kind of moves around that disk, raising and lowering the magnetic film. Those are bits. It can be a zero or a one. So if the little magnetic film is raised in a spot, that's a one. Lost. Okay. (laughs) What are bits? (laughs) Explain like I'm five. The bit is the zero or the one on this magnetic film that's on literally like a a physical circular disk in your hard drive. That's how all computers work. And from the 50s when the first computers were built to now, a thing called Moore's Law has essentially said that computing power will double every two years and the size required for that computing power will half. So now cut to 
you know, 70 years of computer technology has given us cell phones that have hard drives that can store more and that operate faster than any computer that existed even like 20 years ago. I know about Seleucian protocol, but I don't know about Moore's law. <laughs> They're similar. You know what you signed up for? Computing power. So <laughs> there is a limit to traditional computing power. And there are a bunch of these equations mm -hmm. that have been put out by people who are in computer science fields to say like these equations would take even like IBM's best supercomputer, it would take that supercomputer 10,000 years to solve these massive equations. It has been theorized that quantum computing, which doesn't use a hard drive, it uses things called qubits instead of bits. So if you can think of a bit as like <laughs> a coin, and the bit can either be heads or tails, and that outcome has to register before you can use the bit. A quantum bit, a qubit, is the spinning coin. It is all outcomes simultaneously. So you're not bound by a zero or a one. You can have literally infinite bits, basically, housed in one bit, which allows us to have a computational power that nobody really understands yet. And I believe it was MIT, or no, it was Google, has a quantum computer that solved one of these unsolvable equations that would take 10,000 years. It solved it in 10 minutes. So hmm. we are on the precipice of quantum computing being given essentially to the general public. I think that's going to happen in the next 10 years or so. And I don't think people understand what this is going to do to humanity. What is it going to do, Clues? This is just an example. We know that images are made up of pixels, right? Every pixel is a tiny square that has a mathematical value of whatever on a zero to light scale and then on a red, green, blue color wheel scale as well. So every image is a finite number of mathematical probability and possibility. If you have a high enough computing power, you can generate every image that is possible to be created. That's going to happen in the next 10 years or so. Once that happens, there will also be algorithms and AIs that can penetrate all of those images and start stitching together the images that would be video frames in sequence. So you can have all video that could ever be so created. So do I get to see Dale Moss as Bachelor season? You get to see entire virtual reality videos of the life that you're going to lead with Dale Moss and all of your children <laughs> in outer space, on the moon, in Paris, wherever the fuck you want to live. Literally, mm -hmm. all realities will become okay. possible. This is 10 to 15 years away, and I don't think people quite understand we're that close to it. Will I be able to post a video that's longer than 15 seconds on Instagram, <laughs> and it'll put them in the right order in our Instagram story? You... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you will be able to do that, but you're not going to be able to, wow. you're not going to want to take videos because any wow. video you want, you will just say into your phone, I would like a video of me doing this and it will make that video for you instantaneously. The same will be true of all movies, all television, any kind of media you want will be procedurally generated for you. All creative endeavors will be erased. No one will do these things anymore except for pure pleasure. The business of it will be gone because the studios that own these algorithms and that have this computational power will be able to generate any media they want on an individual basis. So you're going to be subscribing to Netflix, let's say. Netflix isn't going to be producing movies with stars and shit they're going to be asking you, or rather, you're going to be asking Netflix, hey, Netflix, can you make me a season of The Bachelor where Dale Moss is The Bachelor and I'm all 32 mm -hmm. players? And it will make it instantaneously for you. 
Are you sure? That seems not real. It's not yet. But imagine trying to explain Instagram to somebody who was alive in 1900. I don't even think I could explain it now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like the, the technology that we're about to see as a result of quantum computing is inexplicable to someone alive now in the same way our current technology is inexplicable to somebody alive 50 or 100 years ago. And then if you go further back, you know, let's get to like Cro-Magnon man. Try explaining a cell phone to a fucking Cro-Magnon. Mm-hmm. So can I get like a Real Housewives of every city? You can get a Real Housewives of every city, every time, every planet, every point in the universe. You can get anything oh you want. Oh, my God. That's what quantum computing is going to do. This sounds too good to be true. I mean, it simply is true. This is what's happening. And I wanted to bring it up, A, because I don't think a lot of people are aware that this is happening. It doesn't feel like it's happening because the current AI that I interact with, no offense, Alexa, seems dumb. But it's going to get better. Imagine the first human creature that tried to build a wheel. And it probably didn't work that well. But then they refined it and the wheel started to work. And then eventually there's a fucking Ferrari. That all came from the wheel. Mm -hmm. We're getting to that point where technological compounding is happening so rapidly and so drastically that we're not going to have to wait a million years for the wheel to become a Ferrari. We're going to have to wait like 10 years for quantum computing to become procedurally generated media for everyone which means for the bachelor it will cease to exist but the format the ideas of formats will become very important because you're going to have the ability to create whatever you want and put that out of social media by just talking to your ai what about a show that's like the bachelor but this 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 and this can you make me that pilot episode yep bing done and then you can tweak it like with filters basically for instagram accounts or for Instagram pictures, you'll be able to tweak your ideas using like slightly different how many people would be in that season or whatever you want. Literally any variable. Mm-hmm. All tots. <laughs> Night one. Yes. That's what I'm going to do with my quantum <laughs> computer. <laughs> Full yes. season of tots. Exactly. <laughs> That's the primary use for quantum computing is going to be a full 100% taut season of Bachelor. Yeah. At any rate, I think it's very fun to talk about these things that are not politically related, but that are going to drastically revolutionize humanity in the in the very near future. In what other ways will it? I mean, I would imagine that can do wonders for healthcare as well. Yeah. And we're already seeing that. AI is being heavily used in the healthcare field now, especially for diagnoses on things like cancer, for example. Artificial intelligence can diagnose cancers at this point statistically much better than human doctors can. So doctors are now using AI to do that. And again, as you boost computational power, all of those things are going to get way, way better. And literally anything a computer is used for, which is everything at this point, will become faster, more efficient, able to handle more data, process more data. It'll just make the world better generally. Obviously, this will have some detrimental effect in some ways as well, because we are human beings and our natural kind of competitive compulsions will rise through to the surface just as they do on social media and all this. But ultimately, it's it's like a required next phase of the information era of humanity. And we're very close to it. 
that's another reason that I wanted to talk about this. A lot of quantum entanglement experiments have been happening successfully over the past few months, and that's a key. What is a quantum entanglement experiment? Quantum entanglement is the nature of subatomic particles to be when they become entangled, they share the same information, which is essentially position, rotation, spin. And those pieces of information are what quantum computers will use to define the bits, basically, the zeros and the ones and all things in between. So instead of it being a zero and a one, you have a 360 degree field of rotation of a particle that can house information. And so entanglement is basically when two subatomic particles are entangled, they share the exact same information and they can be in different places and share this information instantaneously. So when you're talking about internet connection speeds and shit like that, it's going to be instantaneous. There will be no lag time ever again once true quantum computing takes hold. Sounds like a plus. Yeah, it definitely is. So that's the state of the world. And again, how it's going to affect Bachelor is... We're all going to have whatever seasons we want with whatever people we want in them. We're already getting very close to actors being kind of obsolete. You're starting to see deep fake technology allowing people to bring back dead actors, for example, like Carrie Fisher in Star Wars. They put her in that movie. She's not a live person. They just did it with Mark Hamill Mm -hmm. in another Star Wars show on Mandalorian. They brought back young Mark Hamill. The actor playing him is not him. It is a younger actor who walks in and they just mapped Mark Hamill's face over his face. And Mark Hamill gets a licensing Mm. fee for that image. That's kind of the new era of acting is going to be body acting. And then the actor's faces will be mapped over body actors. Wait, does that mean Baby Yoda is not real? Baby Yoda is real. They actually found that alien. No, Baby Yoda is not real, but (laughs) he's a mix. I think they use an animatronic puppet for him as well as a computer generated model. But these are all things on the horizon. Wow. The very near future is coming. Computers are changing everything, and quantum computers are going to change computing forever. And that's the state of the world. Happy for you, Clues. (laughs) I'm happy for me, too. And it was a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much for letting me talk about this issue that is near and dear to my heart and is affecting the world as we know it and is not political yet. And now it's time to move on to... Our next segment. This week in games. As you know, we are charting the ratings of the show and the Instagram gains of all of the players for this season. So let's jump in. The fourth week of Matt James's historic season, which included the time-honored tradition of the forced violence group date, saw the highest numbers yet up about 5% from last week in the key demo of 18 to 49-year-old adults with a 1.46 rating and a total of 5.2 million viewers. So the numbers are going up, and we expect this trend to continue as the season builds to its conclusion in the next six episodes. Let's talk Instagram gains of the Season 25 players. Matt James himself is up 36,000 followers, bringing him to a total of 793K. His gains continue to drop off each week, though we anticipate he will surge again at the end of this season. Probably will hit 1 million, but our 3 million dreams for Matt James seem far off at this point. (laughs) 
And now for the top five follower gains of Matt James's players. This is from January 20th, our last recording, to today, January 27th. One player absolutely dominated gains this week with an astronomical gain of 81.9K, bringing her into the 100K club at 163,000 followers. Congratulations, Katie Thurston. From her strong rivalry play with Victoria Larson to her 4TRR defending a self-eliminated player, Sarah Trott, and a new player, Brittany Galvin, from being bullied, to an incredible group date, Huju, to performing a steal of Matt James from producers and creating this week's cliffhanger, Thurston is proving herself to be an unstoppable force and remains unchallenged for the next crown. And just to let you know, we predicted she would be the next crown from her Instagram, and that is proving to be 100% accurate yet again. The silver medal for gains this week inexplicably goes to Rachel Kirkano, who gained 45,000 followers, bringing her to a total of 167,000. Again, Largely absent from the document, we are left wondering if these are spoiler-driven gains. The only other potential explainer is Pacecase's theory that she has deep, heavy support in the Q community. Or Bachelor Clues' theory that she's buying followers. The thing she did this episode, she said she was scared for the forced violence group day. She told Matt James that it didn't matter there were five girls, she's secure in the connection, and she got a kiss. These are the only appearances of Miss Kirkconnell in the document this week, and she accrued 45,000 new followers. It, she has to be the winner, right? She has to be the ring winner. What else can it be? It's the only thing that makes sense to me. We do know that the season has been spoiled. There are spoilers out there. This is known? Oh, I mean, I'm assuming there's like season spoiler oh, threads on Reddit. Okay. Then I, I definitely think it's that. I don't know. I don't either. I've remained clean. I don't know. I haven't opened them. Exactly. I don't look at that shit. But with these numbers, it just, she's getting roughly this amount every fucking week and barely doing anything in game. I don't have any other explanation for it. I don't either. Um, if anyone can explain this to us without giving us spoilers... Let us know. But yeah, the time that I thought I was spoiled was because Patty James, Matt James's mom, liked a photo of Sarah Trotz on Instagram. Mm. And I thought I thought that maybe she was the winner. But she's gone. So I am clean. I mean, the argument against it being spoiler-driven gains is that Zach Clark was the ring winner last season, and he didn't get gains until the end of the season. I don't think people give a shit about the guys, though. Women uniformly right. have higher Instagram totals across the board in all cases. And I think that the players of The Bachelor are more interesting to the viewing audience and that they follow them on Instagram more and stuff. That's all I can think. But we'll see because then will that become a trend? Whoever's getting these steady big gains, they're just the winner and you know that by week three. I don't know. I don't want that to be true. I like remaining clean. Same. I totally agree. But you mentioned Sarah Trott earlier. 
gone but not forgotten the bronze medal this weekend gains goes to sarah trot for her self-elimination leftovers bringing her to 179,000. is this the highest single season gain for an 18th place finish grocery store joe was a night one guy but he had to go to paradise to reap the gains he has today trot has set a new model for players who want to burn bright and fast and she continues to create strong parasocial content after her exit which we will get to but tremendous tremendous gains for trot i think she's designing a new model here i think this is a new play style that we have not ever seen and it is turning out to be very beneficial for her it's fascinating we will get to it fourth place in gains again went to Gains juggernaut Abigail Herringer. She saw a gain of 22K, bringing her to 224,000 for her laying in the cut FIMP strategy, which she used on this week's group date, praising the process and telling Matt she's still riding the high of the FIMP. Abigail Herringer has the most followers of anyone in our beloved game so far, and no one on one date yet. She's playing it correctly. It's a very good FIMP strategy, and I think her personal story, being deaf, is interesting enough to the fan base that people are researching her. They want to support her. I think she has a a very good brand built here that is just kind of fueling itself through these weeks. Fantastic play by her. And in fifth place, the queen, Victoria Larson. She gained a staggering 20.8 thousand new followers, bringing her to 47K total for her bullying villain edit, her Katie rivalry play, attacking the Dark Lord himself, attacking Miss Puerto Rico, and constant name-calling and slut-shaming. I'll also add that part of this gain is from her parasocial work. She has embroiled herself in a rivalry with a peripheral member of Matt James' entourage, That seems to be entertaining everyone. We will get to that later in the parasocial plays as well. And she was on Good Morning America this week. Other notable gains include Bree Springs. She gained 19.8K for appreciating her group date time to Matt James, which got her the group date rose, bringing her to 75K total. Michelle Young had around 6.6K in gains and is now at 34.1K. We aren't sure what the exact gain is, but it's up there for her amazing good girl play strategy and strong chemistry game. Worth noting as well, Michelle Young has five posts on her Instagram account. (laughs) She essentially deleted it all and this is something we recommend to any sub 10k player there is no reason for you to keep your old posts your old likes nothing start fresh that way you're not going to have something come out later that's going to potentially sink you this is truly every player should do this create a new instagram account unless you've got i don't even know if sub 10k i'm like sub 30k maybe I don't know what the where the beneficial break is because if you have like 20k followers are you able to do spawn con with that is that beneficial to you anyway I think you can but you're also risking being a night one girl and losing your 20k followers um Michelle Young was you know at I looked back at when they announced all the 
the possible 40 players and she had 501 followers the first time we looked this up so huge gain and I remember her having a red flag low amount of posts and I will just say this in the game that Maya Angelou quote I did some digging got some tids Matt James features Maya Angelou quotes in his captions with some frequency I think she might have done her research on this man and that might have been a real play like an astute fucking preseason calculated play wow I know I think Michelle Young is I mean she was my MVP this week I I think she is a strong fucking contender wow she is impressing me more and more as I'm looking into what is actually going on behind the scenes because I don't think she's there for TRR. I think she's there for TIG. Who do you think is there for TRR? I think Sarah Trot was. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think anybody's like truly there for TRR, but I think Michelle Young is literally there for TIG. Nothing else. Like, doesn't give a fuck about that. For TIG. Yeah. <laughs> for TWR. No, I agree. And I mean, she's doing the she's doing what you have to do if you're entering the game late, which is just go fucking hard, love at first sight, etc. Our other notable gain this week was Kit Keenan. She gained 13k for getting punched in the face by Serena C on the group date and getting a love level one from Matt James bringing her to 136k total and the smallest gain crown this week was a tie going to both corinne jones and alicia holloway for losing 200 followers apiece bringing them to 26.7k and 19.2k respectively and now before we get into all of the juiciest news in bachelor nation from the week Please enjoy this word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro. FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel because right now you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, Nick Vial is in the news this week. Paparazzi caught a shot of the goat. 
walking around his neighborhood with a woman named Natalie Joy. This picture went around the parasocial sphere quicker than Vial on a pair of roller skates at Venice Beach <laughs> and led many people to incorrectly assume that this is a new relationship. The pair have actually been dating for almost a year. Natalie Joy is a 22-year-old surgical tech and model with 28.3 thousand Instagram followers. As a frontline worker, she has been vaccinated and even posted about it Joe Park style. It's unclear how the couple met, but we wish them well as they move into the future. And we hope that she can pull a few strings to get the goat vaccinated, too. (laughs) The male goat, to be clear. Anytime you see paparazzi pics like this, I'm always a little skeptical that the goat probably called the paparazzi. Very usually when celebrities want to be featured in these magazines or have stories like this written, they will call the paparazzi and be like, hey, we're going to be walking around. Come take some pictures of us. And here, if that is the case, this is a move that he's doing to essentially say, this is my girlfriend. I am now admitting that in a kind of public way. Now that she's not 21, time to make the announcement. Yeah, there's also, I know there's some connection between her and the Pruitt family. I'm not sure if that's how he met her, but. You know what I think? She went to high school with Madison Pruitt, I think. I am not 100% on this, but I think I've heard that rumor and that she didn't like Madison Pruitt. And I think that's why Nick Bial doesn't like Madison Pruitt as well. Oh. Conjecture. A lot of conjecture. That's not news, but the news is the picture came out and it is kind of corroborating that they are an official couple. It seems that they're going public now after roughly a year of at least online interaction. Another high-profile player has made Bachelor Nation news this week by coupling up. It's Hannah Beast! The all-time Instagram champion with 2.6 million followers was spotted holding hands with her new beau, Adam Woolard, who is a model, actor, with a BS in business administration from the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville and an MBA from Lipscomb University. He's done charity work with Big Brothers and Big Sisters and Habitat for Humanity. Woolard has a private Instagram account with 2,200 followers. Although it's unclear how the couple met, Brown announced she was on dating apps and ready for romance back in November of 2020. My heart goes out to all the Tana stands out there. <laughs> Speaking of couples, Sarah Trot makes Bachelor Nation news this week for a series of photos that were released by the UK tabloid The Sun, in which the self-eliminated player can be clearly seen kissing and hand-holding with her boyfriend, DJ Bijou. The pics were supposedly snapped almost immediately before she left to shoot, and the couple is rumored to be back together now. As his name implies, Bijou is a DJ in the style of PP's hero, Kaigo. In addition to the paparazzi pics featuring Trot out with musical artist G-Eazy, it seems Trot's type might be tattooed musicians. DJ Bijou has 59.4 thousand Instagram followers, and it has been rumored that the couple had an agreement in place when she went on the show that she could go get clout and then return to the comfort of their relationship when her time in game was complete. This is hard evidence that we are in the professional era, and I think we will see more of these open agreements between couples moving forward. This is obvious that she was in the relationship, she went to go to The Bachelor, now she's back Mm -hmm. in it. 
I think they definitely had an open conversation about it. I don't know if it was pre-planned by both of them or if she just came to him one day and was like, hey, uh, so I kind of applied to be on The Bachelor and they want me on the show, so I have to go do that. And he was like, cool, go get your fucking followers. I don't know what that conversation was like, but they had it. And I think this type of relationship, this type of entry into the game is going to be more and more common as we really start to get into the professional era where it's like, I'm going to go on there and I'm going to see how far I can get and I'm going to get these Instagram followers and then I'm going to come out. And it's kind of what we were talking about earlier too, that she's creating this new model of burning out super fast in a blaze of glory kind of situation. And she's getting massive fucking gains from 18th place. She has 170 something thousand Instagram followers. For context, Jed Wyatt has 281K and he was the ring winner. I bet he looks at this and he's like, shit, I should have done that. (laughs) Well, it was smart of her, if this is all true, and I believe it is, that she was with this guy Mm -hmm. right before shooting the show and now she's back together with him. She recognized in game, like, this is going too far. I have to get the fuck out of here. And she got the fuck out of there in a, a pretty good victimization play. So people felt sorry for her that she got Mm -hmm. ganged up on. She gets all these fucking followers. And it's like, for going into the show for a couple of weeks, you're going to come out with 200,000 followers roughly. That ain't bad. And now she's doing all these other videos, which some of which will will get to her other parasocial plays and parasocial plays of the week. But like she's attaching into the Bachelor world now as well. She's going to have, I mean, she's going to have more followers than a ton of players who make it way farther than her. Could she have an agreement with her boyfriend, DJ Bijou, to show up on sand? Why not? She looks like a natural in the in the clear blue waters. <laughs> yeah, these pictures are very tropical. They're out in some kind of ocean setting, kissing, holding hands. They're on a boat. I can definitely see her touching sand. Just based on her parasocial play this week. And they must have already had that conversation, right? You know what she should do? She should just be like, yeah, I'm in an open relationship. Like, I'm Polly. Totally agree. But I don't know if that's going to work for The Bachelor's conceit. Like, it has to be this idea that you're ready for love. And that ain't a Mm -hmm. kind of love they're going to indulge because the show is always about one man and one woman, one man and one woman. In the rare exception, we had Demi and her girlfriend, Christian, on one season of Bachelor in Paradise. Right. But I think this could be that next level if she did it right. And maybe it's like an extremely sex positive thing. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, DJ Bijou is just my fuck buddy. I'm looking for my primary partner. Or number one. Trot and DJ Bijou show up on sand together looking for the third in their thruple. I mean, I'm ready for it. And it turns out to be (laughs) Bennett. Bennett, Trot, Bijou. (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) BIP7 is going to be wild. (laughs) I can't wait. And our next item of Bachelor Nation news is huge news for our next crown, Katie Thurston. 
She's going to be shooting her season north of the border in Canada. That's right. The location for the next season of The Bachelorette, season 17, has been booked. It's the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge in Alberta. The location is a Nima Colonesque resort that boasts 442 cabins in the heart of Alberta's Jasper National Park, complete with stunning mountain views and the emerald green waters of Loch Bevaux. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's a lake. A long-range weather prediction for Alberta puts the temperature at around 12 degrees Fahrenheit, so it seems we're going to be getting back-to-back winter wonderland-type seasons. We wish Katie Thurston good luck on her snowy adventure as our next Bachelorette. Did I miss the part where she was announced as Bachelorette? Well... We were talking about quantum computing earlier. Now we can also talk about mm-hmm. subatomic quantum particles and the nature of time. Time isn't linear. It's all happening simultaneously. So truth be told, she's already mm-hmm. the bachelorette now. <laughs> oh my God. Who does she pick? <laughs> I don't know that yet. I don't have the computational power to predict it, but I, I think it's safe to say she's the bachelorette. I truly do at this point. But it's interesting that they selected a Canadian location to do this, and I'm not sure exactly why. Yes. I'm going to guess it's money. Good guess. I'll go with that as well. I think the Namakalan Resort was a far greater improvement on La Quinta, and they're figuring out this whole COVID thing, and they need this place that has a lot of different locations within it and this has an ice skating rink a lake golf course gonna put the that those giant pumpkins in the lake though how are we gonna get those up there (laughs) i mean they really are kind of mirroring la quinta a lot of the dates are the same this forced violence group date that just happened last week on bachelor Mm -hmm. was the same thing as the wrestling match that they did at la quinta it seems like they're kind of mirroring it uh, almost beat for beat. So I would assume we're going to get a lot of the same types of dates and the same ordering, and they will definitely be doing some kind of an obstacle course. But this place looks very nice. It definitely reminds me of Nima Colon, and I agree with you. They stepped it up when they went from Lakina to Nima Colon. I think this will be at the very least a similar level of quality to what we're seeing now. So that's good news for Katie Thurston. <laughs> A lot of good news for Katie Thurston. (laughs) Uh, Our last bit of news this week involves a census that took place over on the Bachelor subreddit. We had a bunch of tids sent to us this week about the part of the poll that asked about favorite Bachelor Nation podcasts, and we were humbled to find out that we were the number two favorite podcast behind Chatty Broads. A humbling honor. But this wasn't the only point of interest in this census. There were some other fascinating results that we wanted to go over. To start, they polled people's ages. The youngest was 15, oldest was 68, median was 27, average 28, most common age 26. Where do we rank in there? You're pretty much the average. Old. You're only Oldest slightly one. older. I, I put you in that. I am definitely like, I should be nowhere near this You poll. put me in that. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely but, much older. I mean, 
31. It's a little close to 27, 28. Yeah, I'm 44, so I'm not the oldest, but not the youngest. The next poll is gender. And again, I find myself in a small sliver of this pie graph here. <laughs> it is 95% female, 4.3 male, and non-binary is 0.7. No surprise there, I, I, I feel like. We have yeah. demographics on our audience and it is similar to this. Yeah, almost exactly. Race and ethnicity, it was 84.1% white, 8.2% Asian, 4.6% black, 1% mixed, 0.4% AN slash AI. And in response to Hispanic, it was no, 92%, yes, 8%, which is extremely white. What is the what is the percentage of Americans who are white? 60% of the U.S. population is white, non-Hispanic white. And just for clarity, this poll is of the Reddit community. So this does right. not apply potentially to the larger Bachelor Nation population, but it also might be. It may, might be a pretty close cross-section. This might be reflective of it. I don't know, but it's still fascinating to see these numbers. Yeah. It is a specific cross-section. It also apparently was only 3% of the Bachelor subreddit. So... People who are going to fill out polls, et cetera, are probably more represented. But still, staggering. I mean, that's super white, super white audience. The next poll was religion. This one was fascinating. Christian, as you might expect, coming in in the number one spot. It looks like on this graph with about maybe 1,800 people saying that they were Christian. Then the next two closest are agnostic with about 1,300, and atheist with 1,000. And then it drops off the face of the planet with Jewish at what looks like about 250 people, Muslim at maybe 60 people, and spiritual roughly around that same area. No one said Satanism. Clues, you didn't fill this out. I am not satanic. There's no surprise here on this chart. Obviously, the Christian religion is the biggest religious affiliation, but I was surprised to see that atheists and agnostic were second and third place. I mean, combined, that's non-religious winning. For political party, 75.9% said Democrat, Independent 9.6%, Republican 5%, NA 3.5%, Libertarian, 2%, and Green, 2.4%. Heavily Democrat, which, I mean, it's not surprising to me on the Reddit, but I would assume that this is where it differs with the actual audience of The Bachelor. Yeah, that was one of the key indicators for me, that this is not necessarily reflective of actual Bachelor Nation, because I think the true Bachelor Nation is probably a little more 50-50 Republican to Democrat maybe even mm -hmm. more Republican than Democrat. The next part of the poll asks people where they live, and it is staggeringly in the United States as opposed to abroad. And then the state breakdown was pretty interesting. 14.8% of those polled live in California. That is the biggest piece of the pie. Then second place is New York with 6.9% of people polled. Texas, a close third with 67 
So these are out-of-touch coastal elites. <laughs> Is Texas a coastal elite? <laughs> I guess they have the Gulf of Mexico, technically a coast. Yeah. But California staggeringly has the most Reddit Bachelor viewers by over double the next closest state. And in the corner of this poll, it says, fun fact, none of you are from Wyoming. Wyoming with the smallest population of any state in our country at around 500,000 people. Then there was a poll of what the first season that the responders watched was. 293 were here since the beginning with Alex Michelle. Seven started with Tasha's, but most started with Ben Higgins at 7.9%. The second place was Nick Vial, 7.4%. Then you have Alex Michelle at 6.2%. Colton Underwood at 5.7%. Sean Lowe at 5.4%. So it looks like most people are starting on a bachelor season. Also starting on season 20 and 21. That's Ben Higgins and Nick Vial back to back. That little chunk, that era, seems to be when the most people, at least who are on Reddit, began this process. Those are the seasons that hooked them into this. And I find that mm-hmm. pretty fascinating because that's really where Paradise is in full swing. Instagram is starting to happen at these points. Obviously, Rachel Lindsay came from Nick Vial's season, so you started to see a little more racial diversity being applied to the casting processes of the show. And it's pretty fascinating to me, too, because we have this age information that's coming in. So this really is the millennial yeah. era of watching the show started with those two bachelors. It's like people who would be in the age range to date them kind of thing. Mm, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Or no, Nick Vile's 40. <laughs> Way above. And he's dating Gen Z. He skipped millennials. Smart. And possibly the most interesting piece of this poll to me was how do you watch? 36.5% said Hulu. Then cable had 34%. And then streaming had 23.7%. And then DVR, website, et cetera, et cetera. Inconsequential. Hulu is the dominant way people on Reddit watch this show. And again, if this is any accurate cross-section of Bachelor Nation at large... You know, is it... I mean, these people are very online, mm-hmm. you know, active in the Bachelor subreddit community. It's no wonder to me that they're watching the show online as well. Sure. I'm not saying that that doesn't have some effect on it here, but it also is like that generational thing. I think younger people are more mm-hmm. apt to be watching it streaming or on Hulu. Just from our two-person survey, you're watching it on cable and I'm watching it streaming. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. I just think it's more evidence of what we're saying, that the show will be on a streaming service soon because cable TV is just dying. Network TV, I should say. This was also interesting to me. Bachelor favorite show. Bachelor in Paradise won with 39.4%. Second was Bachelorette, 36.3%. Only 18% said The Bachelor. 3.5% said Bachelor Pad. 2.8% said Winter Games. I guess no listen to your heart. <laughs> I know. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Poor but I was surprised by heart. this, especially since 
most of the people said that their first season was a bachelor season and bachelor season seemed to have the highest ratings yeah which one is your favorite bachelor in paradise for sure i agree with this poll 100 percent. i think mine is bip also it's just such a more intricate game you have more background on these players you know everybody as soon as they walk on the sand it's just a better it's a more entertaining show and the game mechanics of it are far more interesting because the producers can also fuck with you and what like the whole show is based on fucking with you as soon as you develop a relationship they bring in your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend or somebody who's a goon to come in and try and beat the shit out of you whatever they're constantly fucking i mean (laughs) what they did to baylock i yeah it's it's an eviscerating art form it's unbelievable and after hearing Baylock High's explanations on his podcast and when he went on Olivia Creedy's podcast about the things they literally did to him how they set him up how they completely fucked him how they fucked with his edit they wouldn't let him go to the bathroom shooting him going to the bathroom I mean yeah. torture literal <laughs> physical torture telling a man you can't go yeah. to the fucking bathroom when you need to what the fuck is this it's crazy so that's why I like VIP because they do that yeah, type of shit. That's how you shit. get a UTI. The favorite bachelor poll had Sean Lowe landing at number one, followed by Ben Higgins, the goat Nick Vial, then Jason Mezik, and Ari Leindyke. And Sean Lowe crushed everyone by double the responses. So even within the Reddit community, the most highly acclaimed bachelor of all time is also the most highly acclaimed bachelor of reddit of all time i found that pretty interesting yeah my favorite is not on here charlie o'connell there's a recency bias here <laughs> well jason no one Mesny. before jason mesney yeah but. season 13 i don't know if that's modern so era. recent yeah i mean he, he did bring in the modern era for sure yeah i mean you have all of the bachelors who are with someone from the show are on here. Sean Lowe, Jason Mesnick, Ari Leindyke. Favorite bachelorette? Number one, Tasha Adams. Number two, Rachel Lindsay. Three, Caitlin Bristow. Four, Hannah Brown. Five, Jojo Fletcher. Incredible that we have both of our black leads are number one and number two. Yeah, the Reddit community, very progressive. And then Caitlin Bristow. I mean... The best female player of all time. Goat. And Hannah Brown makes sense to me because she has the 2.6 million Instagram followers, best Instagram player of all time. And Joe, 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 arguably was the greatest Instagram player of all time before Hannah Brown. So, yeah, all makes sense to me. They did do a favorite villain poll. Corinne Olympios came in as the winner, followed by Courtney Robertson, Crystal Nielsen. Olivia Caridi and Chad Johnson. Where is Tierra Lucchese on this? She was the best. <laughs> I can't believe Chad Johnson is on here since they banned threads about him for a while. I mean, he is one of the most notable villains of all time. I do think that we're seeing Victoria Larson is taking the crown from all these people in my opinion. I think Courtney Robertson should be number one always in these. I think that's a recency bias that she's not beating Corinne but those two are my number one and number two villains for sure Courtney Robertson is no doubt the best player villain of all time she won the fucking ring and she constantly manipulated the entire player field and the lead simultaneously Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
God damn, she was yeah. brilliant. I, I highly encourage. Multitasking. If you have not seen season 16, Ben Flanick, you just watch it. Find it online. Watch that fucking season and savor her performance. We should do an All-Stars on her. We should. We'll do an All-Stars on Courtney Robertson at some point because what she did was transcendent. And it was, unfortunately for her, just before paradise just before instagram had she existed mm-hmm. in the modern game she would have five million followers she missed it by so little a couple of years just under the wire yeah season 18 one pablo galvez ushered in the paradise era it was just two short seasons later and you had uh sean Lowe sandwich in between them there you think tiara should be on this list she's on my list just because she was so fucking entertaining <laughs> like her ifis are out of this world i've never seen anything like it when she comes out of that water shivering from the they have to do a polar bear dunk challenge on one of the group dates and uh she comes out like shivering they have to have a medical team come put blankets around her and she's just none of it is real it's complete acting and sean lowe has to go over and say oh i'm sorry how you know or how are you feeling it's brilliant her performance is brilliant anyway that is the end of this poll and we just wanted to shine some light on it because it was a fascinating read thank you to the people at reddit who did it put it all together um fascinating to see these statistics and try to discern meaning about our audience how we're interacting with the game and how it's affecting all of us and now it is time for pace case and i to discuss all of the work that our players are doing outside the main game in the parasocial arena. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. First up, Sarah Trot makes some paradise headway this week by building relationships with other sand hopefuls. Chasen, a.k.a. Wolverine Nick, Noah, a.k.a. Young Noah Herb, and Chris Conran in a collective Instagram Live cooking show. Lauren Zima, the Dark Lord's concubine, entered the parasocial field this week with an 11-second video posted to her main grid in which she feigns shock while reading the racy sex scenes from the cursed novel The Perfect Letter. And then DLH pops up from behind a couch to say, yeah... Bridgerton's got nothing on me. Nice work from the Stygian power couple. Joe Park posted a brief video of several quick cuts, each depicting him in a different coat that he is going to donate to charity. A creative way to remind us all that we can be doing more. In a parasocial play Pace Case discussed in the last episode, Chelsea Vaughn posted a main grid headshot with the caption, I am not my hair. This post was timed perfectly with her PTC play during the group date and has 10,437 likes and 305 comments. She also posted a TikTok of her cutting her hair off, which has 136,000 views and 21,000 likes. Pairing play in-game with parasocial play is an expert level move, and she pulls it off beautifully here. Next up in parasocial plays, the Dale Moss-Claire Crawley breakup has become a parasocial event unto itself. It is unlike any post-show breakup we have seen so far in the history of the parasocial game. Very usually when couples split after the time in game, they each issue a generic amicable split type post to their main grid. But the Crawley-Moss rift has taken on a life of its own. It began last week with Moss's solo post of an implied joint statement. 
and a staged paparazzi video in which an unseen camera person asks Moss if he's ready for paradise or for the crown, to which he replies, not yet. Then Crawley issued her own statement on an Instagram main grid post, which we covered last week, essentially calling him out for issuing a quote-unquote mutual statement without consulting her. This must have affected Moss because he started floundering. All of the parasocial poise we've come to expect from him erased in one terrible post to his Instagram stories of the Bernie Sanders in Mittens image. It wasn't even a meme. It was just the image. This was rock bottom for Moss. He attempted to counter Crawley with some Instagram stories assuring everyone that he is genuinely sad and ultimately he issued a Christian defense to leave everything in God's hands days before launching his new Dale Moss brand website. Crawley has fired back with a series of Instagram posts and stories depicting herself lacing up running shoes and asking her followers for good running music suggestions implying that she is ready to move on. This back and forth is constant parasocial one-upsmanship, and we have no idea where it's going to wind up. But as it stands now, Crawley is on the offensive, and Moss is in damage control mode in an effort to spin the rumors of his infidelity into ungrounded lies while he assures his followers that he is experiencing real turmoil. I'm very curious to see which one of them is going to begin publicly dating someone first. That's going to be the next big step in what is the most public parasocial breakup we have seen. It literally is a minute to minute back and forth between them. There's not a day now that goes by without news surrounding one of their posts. We're in that era of the game. I'm trying to think of a messier Instagram breakup and I can't think of it. I love <laughs> Claire after she posted that that post saying she's looking for songs she posts a video of her running and the song rise up is playing the lyrics all rise up (laughs) it's just (laughs) dig after dig by the way dale moss's sister robin moss posted on her instagram story all text breakups do not have to be messy people will try to dig and dig and turn it into something it's not Proud of you for taking the high road at Dale Moss and keeping everyone out of you and Claire's business. Wishing nothing but the best for you and Claire. And Moss seems to be weathering the storm all right. He has shown a small dip in Instagram followers, but nothing significant. Still maintaining 763,000 followers. Our next story in the parasocial world is another event. This event surrounds a video that surfaced of Matt James golfing with some friends. Matt James is preparing to putt and his friend named Jerry attempts to distract him by saying, now how was Victoria's body? Because when I look at her, it doesn't look very nice. And you've been making out with this woman. Everyone who's gathered on the green laughs. You can't see exactly whether Matt James is laughing. But the next thing he says is, can someone pull the pin for me? Victoria responded in kind. She has posted multiple posts in response to this, including shots of herself in a bathing suit saying, I think my body looks just fine, body by Pilates. She has posted images of a shirtless man sitting on a couch watching a bunch of pageant queens walking on TV, this meme where the guy is saying, Basically, he's insulting the way they look while he himself 
is in disarray. She is coming back at this guy. And now this guy, Gerard Gilfone, has released a three-minute, seven-second-long video to his Instagram TV that has 39.3K views as of now, where he offers no apology to Victoria Larson and comes right at her again, defending the statements he made about her body and explaining that he was simply trying to get in Matt James' head. He turns the accusation of bullying back around on Victoria, saying she's the only bully he sees on this season, and he makes it very clear that her title of queen was self-appointed, all the while calling himself the Dawn in this video. This has obviously blown up into larger news because of the body-shaming aspect of this and Matt James's silence on it. There are now People Magazine articles written about it, and it is becoming an event unto itself that started parasocially with the release of this initial golf video, Victoria's response, and now Jerry the Kid's response. I hated this video, the golfing Matt James, Tyler Cameron video, so much. It reminded me of all of the boys that I went to high school with, body shaming women. I will never forget when this boy in middle school went down a line of girls and he told them what was wrong with each of them physically. He told me I had too many freckles and at the time I had severe acne. I will never forget it. You know, you don't mm. forget this shit. Um, and in this video, all of the guys are laughing about this man's remarks with disgusting confidence perpetuating this locker room talk slash boys will be boys nature of it all and they're all complicit in this and in body shaming victoria they are body shaming all women who are victoria size or bigger it's even body shaming women who are smaller than victoria saying that they need to stay that way or lose their value in these men's eyes and this is the shit that they are actively posting on the internet All I can think of is what are they saying when they're not filming? I am certain that it is a thousand times worse. Matt James is currently blocking anyone who tags him in this material, but I think he needs to issue a full apology for standing by being complicit in this degradation of all women. Like, I'm like heated, like even talking about it. Um, Like, shutting down your sexist piece of shit friends is the bare minimum. It's toxic, patriarchal bullshit. And until Matt James says something, I'm going to assume that this is the behavior that he condones and continues to practice. And by the way, this shit is so ingrained in our culture. Many people have sent me this video and said, oh, wow, and coming from him and he looks so bad. He's short, fat, etc., Like, this is not okay either. Body shaming is so baked into our society that people calling out him body shaming are doing it to him without even realizing that they're perpetuating this. I agree with everything you're saying. Body shaming is terrible. It is bad to see it perpetuated by somebody who is held up in our media society as the bachelor, the prize guy, symbolically, that all women should be fighting for, is allowing his friend to say this shit, laughing about it even. And like you're saying, that they shot this video and posted this video. And none of them seem to have a problem with that. I don't know who the original poster was. It was one of the guys in that group. I think it was the other dude he's playing golf with. I don't know if he asked their permission. 
I don't know if he saw anything wrong with it. I don't know what the context of the post was, but to put it out there and not even see that that is something maybe you shouldn't put out in the world, certainly problematic. And again, the fact that Matt James is saying nothing about this and he's turning off the ability to tag him in the post, he just wants to avoid it. So he knows at the very least people are not fucking happy about this. I don't know if he sees what's wrong with it necessarily, but... He's not doing anything to combat it, which is bad. All that said, we try to not only talk about things like this in terms of their social implications, but we also try to objectively analyze them as plays within the game. And in this case, the game is the parasocial game. So the plays you have going on are this video comes out and this guy, Gerard Gilfone sees some ability to use it to his advantage. Once Victoria starts coming at them, she's making parasocial plays in defense of this attack, and he now is going to attack again with this video he, he puts out. And in many ways, it reminds me of professional wrestling, that this guy, Gerard Gilfone, is accepting the role of villain and playing it up with this video where he's double downing on, where he's doubling down on it. I don't know where his followers wind up going because of it, But this notion that now someone who's not even in the game, somebody who's just hanging out with a bachelor, can get swept into the parasocial game of it, I don't know if we've seen something like this before. I feel like we've seen previous players get swept into this stuff, coming at people on Twitter, etc. And maybe we've seen, like, celebrity... Celebrities, like, um... Jimmy Kimmel... Mm-hmm. stoke their own rivalries with people but never to this extent never like basically someone who no one knows who they are this it's it's very entourage this whole thing just all of these dudes just grifton that guy's the turtle of matt james's entourage yeah mm-hmm Well, while we had all of these big parasocial events happening that are changing the face of the parasocial arena, we gave our parasocial play of the week to one winner, and that winner is Matt James. (laughs) He won this week for his TikTok video in which he makes a, in quotes, charcuterie board. James has 246,000 TikTok followers, and he exhibits a rare sense of humor in this video that we have not yet seen from him. It's a time-lapse video in which he purposely mispronounces charcuterie as charcuterie, while we see his hands creating the board, which includes bagel bites, pepperoni pizza rolls, Dino Buddies nuggets, PB&J uncrustables paired with buffalo ranch hummus. This video is a follow-up to a video he posted last week in which he explained he didn't know what a, in quotes, charcuterie board was. That video had an impressive 620K views, but this week's video, our parasocial play of the week, has 1.3 million views on TikTok. And much of the comedic value of this video is in his deadpan delivery as he is narrating the creation of this charcuterie board which we cannot accurately recount. So I'm just going to play you the audio of this TikTok video now and listen for yourselves. Okay, boom. So I thought, what better way to set the mood than with bagel bites, pepperoni pizza rolls, and 100% all-natural yummy Dino Buddies nuggets from my charcuterie board. I strategically placed the dinosaurs on top of the pizza rolls because pizza rolls lead to my heart. 
No charcuterie board is complete without a PB&J, grape jelly, uncrustable, paired with buffalo ranch hummus. Next, lay extremely dry chips with no juice so everybody's throat's dry. I understand the presentation is everything on a charcuterie board, so I jammed the T-Rex foot into the PB&J grape jelly uncrustable for aesthetics. This is just my second charcuterie board, but I'm really starting to think that I've got the hang of this. Congrats to Matt James for this outstanding TikTok work. We're looking very forward to seeing where you can take this charcuterie comedy video series. And that wraps up all of the most important parasocial movements of this week in Bachelor Nation. But now is the time of this show when Pace Case and I descend into the deepest, darkest parts of the pit to scream into one another's faces about how our service to our beloved game is destroying our lives. This is Screams from the Pit! My scream from the pit this week, just like my scream last week, has to do with Dale Moss. (laughs) This week's scream is that I was severely disappointed with Dale Moss's terrible parasocial work this week. We have nominated him again and again, almost weekly, for Parasocial Play of the Week. And I have to admit, I thought he was hashtag unstoppable, just like his phone background. (laughs) And look, (laughs) I'm not a wizard. I don't know how you extricate yourself from a relationship with Claire cleanly. It might not be possible. (laughs) But I do know that the way he did it Ain't it. And I began to think of a quote from Harvey Dent in Batman The Dark Knight. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Mm. And Dale Moss is Superman. And he lived long enough to become the villain. And I don't know if he's going to get a million Instagram followers or not. And I don't know why this bothers me other than us having made an inaccurate prediction. But... I felt that the disappointment that I had for him was a scream. Why am I so emotionally invested in Dale Moss doing amazing parasocial plays? Because he's the best parasocial player we've ever seen. And I would argue that, although this is a scream, I'm sorry it took up your time. I'm sorry you're so invested in Dale Moss's parasocial well-being. But rest assured, Mm -hmm. our prediction is correct. He is the greatest parasocial player we've ever seen. And he might have had a little stumble. Everybody makes an error every once in a while, but he's going to come back strong. He's going to weather the storm and continue parasocial dominance. I have no doubt about that. Imagine when he starts dating somebody. Imagine he starts dating some giant A-list actress, a model, whoever, somebody who has millions and millions and millions of Instagram followers. That's going to happen. Or a model who has like 5,000 Instagram followers. Hashtag Day's case. Ooh, here we go. Now I'm liking where this scream's going. Are you putting plans in motion? How are you going to make this eventuality occur? No, I am not. (laughs) You might be and not even know it. Because let me just tell you about my scream from the pit this week. I realize that I have magic powers. (laughs) You are a wizard. Yes. (laughs) And I think you are too. (laughs) This week, my scream of the pit is that while I was watching the show, as 
Everyone knows at this point the show contained squirrels. The show contained my favorite player of all time, Victoria Larson, in a squirrel costume, scavenging the grounds for a nut with her name on it. It contained (laughs) how many players were in literal squirrel costumes. It contained Ben Higgins saying the word squirrel. It contained Matt James saying the word squirrel. It was a whole group date based on my favorite animal squirrels. And I just had a moment where I was watching it thinking to myself, I made this happen. There wasn't a 0% piece of me (laughs) that felt like it wasn't possible that somehow I had manifested this event. And so I believe that we may have powers to influence things. I'm not talking about (laughs) you and me specifically. I'm talking about generally human beings. This is, again, gets back into quantum particles. And we're starting to learn things about how the quantum particles in our mind, in our consciousness, might be able to affect actual physical matter. So I think if you will it, if you wish it hard enough, if you do the work, Dale Moss can be yours because I made a fucking squirrel group date in The Bachelor happen. Are you telling me that the squirrel date on The Bachelor has made you believe in God? No, not at all. It's made me... (laughs) Well, I mean, I've always believed that particles do influence one another's behaviors, especially at the subatomic level. That's scientific fact. And certainly, observation is what creates reality. We know this, quantum physics. So, I think my desire to have squirrels in The Bachelor (laughs) has manifested in what we saw (laughs) last week in a way that I could not have fucking possibly imagined. We're not just talking about a couple of shots of squirrels. They had all the fucking people dressed as squirrels. I know. Look, literally, (laughs) when you are saying things that I find to be delusional, I usually try to correct them. But this one, I'm not sure that it's a delusion. I don't know. We're also working towards things. Like when we set goals, let's say, for example, we're creating a language that describes our beloved game. And we're trying to get more and more people to use it. And one of our stated goals was ultimately to have it used by players in the game. Tyler Cameron just said fucking hooju in an E! News video. We made that happen. Now, granted, that might not have been from our quantum consciousness magic, but it might have been from our hard work in doing this podcast for a year and a half and constantly using these terms and making the videos and having it be kind of sucked up into the larger Bachelor Nation world. But nonetheless, it's all part of the same thing. The quantum consciousness magic forces us to do the work. So I'm just saying... Dale Moss, uh, just think about it. Think about how that could happen and watch it fucking happen. Oh, I'm thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. The pit provides, and eventually it is going to materialize Dale Moss as your husband. Okay, I'm fine with it. We are 100% accurate in all of our predictions. This is no different. (laughs) Well, that does it. (laughs) Those are screams. I feel a lot worse. I feel so much worse after these screams. I want you to edit out my screams. (laughs) I feel way better. I feel great. Like we could do anything. But thank you for listening to this week in Bachelor Nation. And thank you, as always, for sending us in those beautiful tids. We got some very funny tids this week about the man in the basket in the hot air balloon. Everybody went back and rewatched the episode and sent us pictures. Indeed, there was a man in the basket. He was real. Basket man. Maybe we can have him on the show. 
We will be back on Tuesday with our next Game Breakdown episode. If you guys have not checked out all of our episodes from this week, one of them is a Digging Deeper on our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Game of Roses. We did a double Digging Deeper where we broke down two podcasts. Bachelor Happy Hour with the new Bachelorette Katie Thurston and Stay at Home Pop. <laughs> where they interviewed Matt James's old roommate, and she talked about his terrible roommate behaviors. Also on our Patreon, we do a live show before every airing of The Bachelor for 30 minutes, where we talk about what we expect to see and what this episode means in the context of the season-long game. So be sure to check that out, patreon.com slash gameofroses. And before we go, as always, what is the Dwab at? It has been 6,883 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Lord Harrison. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.